1: that as you are so are we in this world the word says that God is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure this morning I pray for a mighty working of the Holy Spirit in everybody here I pray that Holy Spirit you work in us both to will and to do I pray in the name of Jesus that this word will penetrate our hearts and change us oh God I pray for grace, I pray for anointing I pray that this will be a vessel of honor unto you that you will use to the glory of your name. Have your way and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. This morning, I'm going to be brief. We are still in the footsteps of David. I want you to come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1st Samuel chapter 30 Amen 1st Samuel chapter 30 And today I want to talk about David in the midst of trouble David in the midst of trouble Let's read from verse 1 Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burnt it with fire and they took captive the women and all who were in it both small and great without killing anyone and carried them off and went their way when David and his men came to the city behold it was burnt with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep now David's two wives had been taken captive Ahinoam the Jezreelites and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one, because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Please bring me the effort. So Abiathar brought the effort to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and you shall surely rescue all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those left behind remained. Amen. Now, When I think about David, I think that he had a more peaceful life by human standards before God called him. It seemed that he had a simple life as a shepherd boy. He was in the wilderness with the sheep looking after their pasture and looking after them. And then sometimes he would be sent to come home. And the Bible says on one occasion when he was sent he left the ship with a keeper. So I suppose he would leave the ship with a keeper and then come and visit home, or run errands for his father and just, you know, continue to live. But one day, his life was suddenly transformed because a man of God, a prophet, came to town and he was sent for. And from the day that the oil was poured on his head, the Bible says that from that day forward, he became a different man. But not only did he become a different person, his life also became a different life. It was a life of promotion, God bringing you into what he had promised. But every time it wasn't with ease. Every time it was with things. Either they will accuse him that he has a bad mind, He has a bad heart for coming to the battle. Um, Who are you? These few sheep, who have you left them with? A lot of rejection. And then he comes to Saul. Then Saul loves him. Then at a point he doesn't love him. Then he's taking him from his presence. Then he's making so many plans against him. Your whole life suddenly has become complex. But I believe that it is because the enemy then becomes alert to what God wants to make out of your life. And at that juncture, he grows wild. And I don't know why, as Christians, sometimes when we walk in the midst of trouble, we seem to be surprised. When I look in the Bible, the Holy Spirit always reminds me that, have you seen anybody I've called who had a very, if you like, smooth and peaceful life. There's nobody like that. As soon as God called Abraham, problems. As soon as Jesus went into the wilderness, the Bible says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. So it is not only the devil who leads you into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit leads you to the wilderness for a time of preparation. And the Bible says that after the temptation... He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so trials only come to make you strong. And to make you a better person. And if Jesus, the Son of God, was left in the wilderness for 40 days, why is it that when you have a wilderness experience, you seem to be so surprised? Hallelujah. And when I look at the disciples, nobody had an easy life. Persecution. Big men being whipped. When I look at Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of God, and you allow Him to be crucified naked. Naked, oh. I mean, you will lose all your dignity. You will lose all your honor. Why God should choose us such a method? I know not. And for nails to be run through His hands, for a spear to go through His side, the Son of God. The son of God. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his son. But he loved his son too. God. He said, this is my beloved son. And if you love me so much, why do you allow me to go through so much pain? But it's because what you see trouble and pain as. That's not how God sees it. God sees trouble and pain as a gateway to glory. And he has chosen that that is the way glory will come. And we human beings, it is normal. It is usual that. If you can help it, you don't want trouble in your life. And the Bible says nice things about David. Oh, he was a man of God's own heart. He was a great psalmist. He worshipped before God. He was the worshipper. He was all those things are true. But he came into all those things through trouble. And the Bible says, I told you on Friday, all they that walk godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, sometimes you look at your life as a Christian. You see, David had gone to fight for Achish, an unbeliever king. Had gone to visit Achish, to fight on the behalf of Achish, an unbeliever king. But the Bible says that every time he went to fight for those people, he would rather kill the enemies of Israel Because nobody knew what would happen on the battleground. But he would go as if he's MPP. When he gets there, he votes NDC. And so he was promoting the work of God by fighting Israel's enemies. And you would think that when you are working for God, or when you are doing something for God, God should be able to protect what you leave behind. But when he went this time, the people said, this is your David we don't believe in. How can such a man who has killed Goliath suddenly turn and be on your side? So the king called David and said, you know, I believe you, but my people, they are not sure about you, so go back. And on his way back, he comes, and the Bible says that he found that everything had been burnt. Their wives and their children had been taken And everything small and great. Nothing was left. Had been carried away. Now this was done by the Amalekites. And if you would throw your mind back. God sent Saul to the Amalekites. And said kill every single one of them. Whether man, beast, whatever is living. Even their things don't take any. Finish them. And Saul spared some of the things, spared the king, and I believe even spared some of the people. When God gives you an instruction, he does not explain to you why. But you have to trust that he has the bigger picture. And if only Saul had finished the Amalekites, perhaps David would not have lived for the Amalekites to come and carry your things away. But we have such a stubborn streak And we have a way of Assessing what God tells us to do And we have a way of partial obedience It's like I will do this And then when God was even trying to get his attention That look, what you did I can hear the bleating of the goats I can hear the the noise of the things that you have brought the, The animals and things He was arguing say so it's not me, it's the people who said that. and then also we decided to take it to come and sacrifice to God sometimes God has not asked you for a sacrifice and you know that you are disobeying and you intentionally give spiritual reasons to cover up your disobedience oh, I wanted to bear much fruit oh, I wanted to wait on oh God, you actually wanted to sleep <laughs> so we give all sorts of other explanations so that we cannot obey God fully And so the enemies that Saul did not kill lived to come and fight David another day. When God says something, we have to obey all out. When God says, don't touch this apple, he won't explain to you, okay, if you touch it, you know, cancer will come, disease will come, betrayal will come, death will come. But we're not supposed to die. We're not supposed to have conflicts. We're not supposed to have wars everywhere. We are not supposed to have incurable diseases. But God cannot explain all to you. So he says, don't touch this tree. Then the devil talks and says, oh, you can touch it. Actually, the reason why God is saying that is that he doesn't want you to be like him. Another reason. And that we fall for it. And because of the apple. Look at where you and I are today. The far-reaching effects of our disobedience so David came to Ziklag which was a place that had been given to them and the Bible says everything has been, had been bent, and all the things that they didn't burn they carried away you can easily be bitter with God in the midst of adversity because I didn't ask to even come to Ziklag is this your call is this your anointing oil is this your separation? I was living a normal life. Since you separated me, things have become another way. And then now, I don't even get to see my family. They have come to live with me in caves. You said I'll be king. But when I look at where I am, I'm far from what you say. Anyone that God calls is often far from what God says. Because God wants to prove that He does things by his power. When you look at Moses, you are called to deliver Egypt. And then somehow you are on Mount Horeb, which is far Midian. You are among the Midianites. And you say God has called you to lead his people out. What is the correlation between Midian and Egypt? And not only that, you are a wanted man in Egypt. How can it be that you will come and deliver God's people? But God knows how. You are Joseph, you have a dream. And the Bible says that He dreamed that all his brothers and things were bowing to him The sun and the moon were bowing But the brothers who are supposed to bow to you are in Canaan And you are a prisoner in Egypt How can a prisoner connect with the people in Canaan And then for them to bow to him But what God has said He able to bring to pass Hallelujah So when David gets there And everything is bent the Amalekites have made a raid they have overthrown Ziklag, and they have burnt it and then they have also taken captive everything the Bible says that, that David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and they wept until there was no strength in them there are many things David did in the midst of adversity first of all he saw the situation He recognized that something had gone wrong. He recognized that things were not the same. And then, that recognition, that disappointment, that heartbreak, led to weeping. The Bible says they lifted up their voices and they wept till there was no more strength in them. In our culture, they say, How come strong warriors people who can take cities, people who can fight on behalf of David. The Bible says David had great men surrounding him. How can men like that come to a place where they weep and to a place where there's no more strength in them to weep? Beloved, there's a certain kind of adversity and trial that comes away sometimes that no matter who you are, you will be heartbroken. No matter who you are, you will come to the end of yourself. No matter who you are, you will weep. And it is not a sin for a Christian to weep. Even Jesus wept. And as for that Jesus wept, I've always wondered. You weep and you don't come. Lazarus has died, then you weep. But you don't come for two days. Or three days and then you say our friend lazarus is asleep then you go and do other things before you come and when you come by the time you come lazarus has been embalmed he has been put in the tomb the situation has become more complicated and then you are now coming sometimes that's how god acts he comes as if he doesn't know emergency he comes as if he doesn't know that time is running out he comes as if he does not appreciate the situation if you had come when we had put Lazarus in bed It would be easy to call him Now you have come, we have rolled a stone And then you are telling us, roll the stone away Bring him forth Lazarus, come forth, bind him All these complications But that's the kind of God we serve The Bible says His thoughts are not your thoughts And his ways Are not your ways And that the secret things Belong to God Christians, let's learn to accept that there are secret things in our walk with God. Let's not behave as if we have an explanation for everything because we don't. Let's not behave as if we understand everything because we won't. But God has told us in His word, in Deuteronomy 29, 29 that the secret things belong to God. And there are certain things that he has revealed to us as his children. So it's okay to weep. But some of you, when you weep, You never move on from there. You sit in that weeping. You sit in self-pity. There's a time for that. But beyond that, you have to move on. Hallelujah. And David and his men lifted up their voices and wept. Till there was no strength in them. I will not pretend to you that when you come to Christ, you don't weep. Oh, when you come to Christ, it's always laughter every day. If your life is laughter every day, then you are a lunatic. Because lunatic will laugh every day. Hey, hey, hey. It's not like that. Life comes with different seasons. Life comes with things we have not planned. Life time comes with things we didn't expect. Look, no, David did not expect that. He expected to come and meet his wife and children. But when he came, it was a different story. And they lifted up their voices and wept. Some of us we live in self-pity. You have done a pity party. You have done a party, but that party is to just feel sorry for yourself. That party is to just meditate on your disappointment. Oh, now then, I'm I then Papa and was school. Oh, I then am Kwa, I'm going to my Now then, I say, now stop asking why, and ask God to move you on to the next stage many people have gone through the adversity you have gone through but God has made a way for them the Bible says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man everything that has happened to you it has happened before or it will happen it says God is faithful he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength so David lifted up his voice and wept and then he wept. He had time to grieve. You see, some of us do. When things are hurting us, we don't want to admit it. It's like, oh, media, I'm macho. And you are dying. The thing is killing you. And you are just pretending. Some of us live in denial. You see, a bad thing has happened to you. Ziklag has been bent. Your wife and children have been taken. So, and you know, it's not happening. The husband is leaving you, you can see that he has left, so when you know cry, "Oh,, Obba is God, but for now, arise and make something out of your life. Hallelujah." So they lifted up their voices and they wept until there was no strength in them. And then, when they wept, the Bible says that and David and his men... Were greatly distressed. Even Jesus, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass. I thought that Jesus would be very much. Oh God, you know, because he had been saying, For this hour came I into the world. Glorify thyself. And when Peter said, Don't go. I don't want you to whatever. I mean he rebuked Peter that this is the reason why I've come I've come to die but when it came to the real dying in the garden of Gethsemane the bible says great drops of sweat were falling from him and blood And he said my soul my heart is deeply sorrowful the son of God he said my, my heart is deeply sorrowful and then he said Oh God, if it's possible, let this cup pass. I mean, if I had my own way, I wouldn't like to drink this cup. kwaka So I asked immediately and he said to me, "E comeen kwaka." And he said, "Nere my yessta. That's what Jesus was saying.E comeen kwaka, I send you a a Mikoso, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. So David was also distressed. Jesus was in distress. the Bible says he was sorrowful unto death, so sorrowful that the sorrow was unto death. The Son of God, the one who knew why God called him. So when you get somewhere, you just have to be human. You a yeah, Christian, you walk by faith, you walk by confession, and you walk by. But Jesus was able to say, "My heart is sorrowful unto death." you should be also able to say this thing is hurting me this thing is pinching me you should be able to say but after saying it what next David and his men were distressed and then the Bible says that the men thought of stoning David in the midst of adversity the people who should be close to you Sometimes are the people who leave you or turn against you. The people who have fought Saul with you told you that kill Saul, it's a prophecy. Kill Saul. God has given him into your hands. Oh David, we have left everything. We will be with you. If even it's in a cave, we will live with you. When it comes to the crunch and something affects them, that shakes them, they can turn against you. And the Bible says the people thought of stoning David. He had also lost his two wives, Ooh, wife, Kriya one. Oh no, no wives two. No Omoni or They took his children. Everything that affected them had affected David too. But in the midst of pain or emotional trauma, we make foolish decisions and I often counsel people especially ladies don't take this decision in the midst of pain because you will not be led by the spirit of God you will not be led by good counsel you will be led by pain and emotion and when you are led by pain and emotion you may do foolish things I tell married people when you are very hurt or you are very angry let your words be few because the Bible says that be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger but when you are angry say then after when your wife or your husband says okay oh, that's what and sometimes you've said words that cannot even be taken back people say wild things when they are angry and people do foolish things when they are angry Say me to my crown, then you pack your things. And I said, Don't go, see, I put you. Make up, get it, dear. Just annoy you. And when you go, and I drop, but only the same. Person. You have made an emotional decision. And I drop, but only me, I'll catch your own mommy. And I papa. Once I walk back, you would not cry. No, I said, We are slowly going to the house as if nothing happened. And these people thought of stoning David. Can you imagine when you are alone out there you have lived with these people you have gone in and come out and then suddenly every single one of them has turned against you and they want to stone you.
0: How would you feel?
1: To stone you to death. Oh, they want to finish you. When all men desert you, what will be your next move? But the Bible says about David, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Every believer has to learn how to come to that place where you encourage yourself. At a certain point, you get to a place where the pastor may not be available. Amen? Your shepherd may not be there. Your mother may have traveled. Your father may not be there. But you must learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, when David was going through his things with Saul, the Bible says that Jonathan came to him and encouraged him in God. That's different. There are times when Jonathan will come. But there are times too when one when you when you share it People don't even feel the way you feel. And you become offended that in those times that is when you should turn your eyes to Jesus. Amen! Those times will come when you will be alone. And you must learn to encourage yourself. Some of us, when we are depressed or when we are discouraged or when we have nobody we go and get some foolish friends to advise us, to encourage us in not in the Lord but in foolishness. Some of us, when we don't have anybody, they say they'll stone us. We'll just start crying. Hey, And then it stops there. But you have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? When you look in the Psalms, one of the things that David said Was that he spoke to his soul. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You must learn to speak to your soul. Your emotions, your will, your intellect. You must learn to speak to your feelings. You must learn to talk to those things that are leading you another way. That is the way to encourage yourself in the Lord. You must learn to preach to yourself. You must even sometimes mention your name and say oh sister Joyce why art thou cast down oh my soul hope thou in God preach to yourself speak to yourself there are times I tell myself mommy when you worry can you add one cubit to your height? say no when you worry can you make any difference to the situation say no so what should you do trust in the Lord with all your heart don't lean on your own understanding then i keep saying understanding how you figure it out how you see it your perspective don't lean on any on that of that trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on all your own understanding in all your ways and i tell myself not some all mommy Ma, all in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path and then I come to Psalm 37 which I love it says I not yourself because of evil doers neither be thou envious of the workers of iniquity for they shall soon wither as the green grass oh but it says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart it's time to preach to yourself it's time to talk to your soul it's time to minister to yourself because you come to a place Where there will be nobody to minister to you. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. But let me ask you if you don't have the word in you, when adversity comes, who will you turn to? When God is not somebody you talk to or fellowship with, you will encourage yourself, but not in the Lord, in other things. And I believe that is true daily devotions, quiet times I think God prepares you for the things that are ahead God prepares, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks many women don't have any word in them, any, many women don't have any rock in them, in the times of adversity they don't have anything to turn to some of you, you don't even know where your Bible is you don't know all that you know is it was a powerful word it was good, it was this, but nothing is stored in the storehouse of your heart. You are so busy doing weave-on, perming your hair, doing your nails, sewing your clothes, but spiritually there is zero, zero storage in your storehouse. And therefore, when trouble comes, you will not be able to encourage yourself in the Lord. Another way you can encourage yourself in the Lord is by playing Scripture preaching. Something that can speak to your situation. You know sometimes even the pastor has finished preaching. But at the end maybe bishop is speaking some powerful words. I see you running. I see you with the spirit of the overtaker. I see you. It's time to play those things and encourage yourself in the Lord. Because in the world you hear too many discouraging things. And many of you instead of meditating on the word, da fm And you encourage yourself in heaven. And that does not bring strength. And David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. In the Lord. He did it himself. Because there was nobody to do that for him. And then when he encouraged himself in the Lord, the Bible says he called Abiathar the priest. And then he inquired of the Lord. He forgot about the crowd. He forgot about how they were feeling. He forgot about what their problems were. He didn't wallow in bitterness. And many of us are like that. You know, sometimes when something hurts you, you can think about it. And the more you think about it, the more surprised you are. So what did I do to merit this? not Yeah, Is that how to repay me? papa At least don't say that you will kill me. Hey, you will stone me. Hey, all those things, they don't bring progress. But if you encourage yourself in the Lord, it will bring a certain strength with time. Even when you are crying, encourage yourself in the Lord. On your knees, you say, God, I know the way I feel it. But I know that you are God. And I know that you give beauty for ashes, Lord. I don't know how you do it. But I just know you are able. God, now I'm at the end of my strength. But I ask for a supernatural strength that's not my own. Give it to me, Lord. Give it to me, Lord. And he will. Amen. David called Abiyat. I said, bring the effort. The Bible says, David inquired of the Lord. Many of us will just decide that, so what will I do? Okay, I'll leave these people here because they are not grateful. I'll do this human wisdom. That's why the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding. Man, for one, use something else. Use the wisdom of God. Most of us, in the midst of our pain and then these uh, people betraying and offending, we will not inquire of the Lord. What am I going to ask Him? I already know what to do. But David inquired of said that, shall I pursue them? Shall I, shall I go after them? Is it worth going after this? What, what course of action should I take? When you walk with the Holy Ghost, You will always want to know God's will. You will always want to do God's will. But God's will is not supposed to be a burden. God's will is supposed to lead us forward. Amen. And I'll encourage you to get Bishop's book on the art of hearing. It's one of my favorites. Because it shows you how to hear the voice of God. When David asked, God said, Pursue, overtake, and recover all. God gave specific instructions. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. So David said, oh, this is what God said. I should pursue, and then I should overtake, and then I should recover. These are the three things, the three steps to the vision that God has given me. Now when you start to pursue, it takes a while before you overtake In fact, you catch up first before you overtake. Hallelujah. And so, you must be patient with yourself on that journey. And God is showing David that, look, your journey is in steps. First of all, you start by pursuing. Then when you pursue, you catch up with the person. Then when you catch up, you overtake. And when you overtake, then you recover. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how you have to go about it. Now tell me, If David had walked in bitterness against his men, he would never have had an army to help him to pursue, to overtake, and to recover. I think that many times the people that will strengthen our hands, that will help us, that will lead us to the place God wants us to be, we may have different relational problems with them but we must learn to solve our conflicts. And we must learn to rise up above the general feeling of the populace. I believe that David had a certain understanding that Nyomuye is just out of depression. That they want to stone me. It's because they have a sense of hopelessness, loss, they don't know what to do. So I, being the man who knows God, I'm going to rise up above that. And when you look at things that way, it makes it easy to move on with people. Amen. There's no relationship that will not be tested. Husband and wife relationship will be tested. Friend-to-friend relationship will be tested. I no cry. womb no pastor be a pastor, and now crybi be a pastor. But in the midst of that you must be able to heal your relationships and move on. If David had also responded, action and reaction, they said, they'll stone me, me too, I don't like them again. He would never have had the necessary support to pursue, to overtake and to recover. And he was prepared to give them a second chance. I should now go with them to pursue overtake and recover but he did he said oh it's just a passing something a day. and then they went and on their way they met an Amalekite who was very hungry somebody they are taking captive and who knew all the ways of the Amalekites David said bring him and they gave him food to strengthen him and they said show us where the enemy is and the guy said oh they passed here they went here this is their strategy you know in order to hear God You need to be at a place of rest You need to be at a place Where you are cool Because when you are agitated and waked up You are likely not to hear what God is saying Amen And so he went And when they got there The Amalekites were having a party They were happy with their spoil Rejoicing And then David and his men struck them And they were able when they brought everything, when they were going 200 of the men said we are tired we can't come with you so the others 400 of them went and the 200 stayed so when they were coming back the 400 who went said since the 200 didn't go with us they should not be part of the spoil and David said no, the one who stays with the staff And the one who goes should all be rewarded. Now one thing you have to remember in dealing with people is that not all people are the same. The Bible says, warn the unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded and help the lame so that their feet are not turned out of the way. We are not all at the same place at the same time. Some of us are feeble-minded at a certain time. Some of us are unruly, unruly. Just said, You just misbehave. And God says, If you are unruly, we should warn you. We shouldn't pamper you. We should warn you. Warn the unruly. And if you are feeble minded, your mind is very faint, you can't think properly, we should comfort you. And then the lame, they are walking, but they have had some wounds, and it's not the same. So strengthen them. So that their feet will not be turned out of the way. And I believe that that was what David recognized. He said, not everybody is at the same place at the same time. He said, no. Some stayed, they should be blessed. Some went, they should be blessed. And from that day, they didn't all go to battle and leave the women and children. They left some to stay with the spoil. Out of your adversity, God will teach you a principle for life. That will enrich your life and enrich the life of others. So that up to today in Israel, there are people who stay by the staff and there are people who go and fight. But if Ziklag had not been bent, that lesson would never have been learned. When they came back, the Bible says, David took the spoil and sent some to Judah, sent some to his friends, sent some to this place. In the midst of your adversity, And after your adversity, when God restores, the blessing is not for only you. It's so that other lives may also be touched. But some of you will say, hey, when they took our wife and children, where were they? When they burnt the place, where were they? Now we've come with our spoil. We should now go and distribute. But the things that you go through are not for you. The The Bible says that so that we may be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted. So even in the midst of adversity, we see that David's heart was different. We see that David was very, very, very close to God. And his walk with God is what kept him. Beloved, it's going to be the same with you. Now I want to say to some of us that, you see, as a Christian, you will lose certain things. And you will be able to recover certain things. And sometimes God will say, "Oh, I will restore, and I will, you will recover all." But when I really look at the scripture, I see that the city that was burnt—you don't recover it in a day. Hallelujah. The things that became ashes—they didn't recover it in a day. The things that were alive, like the women and the children, the things that—they were easy to recover. But the things that are ashes, it takes time. So even though God restores, some things come back to you quickly. And some things come and it takes time for God to restore. And so you have to be patient. And then also when God restores, He doesn't always restore in the way it was when you lost it. Amen. Because when you look at Ruth and Naomi, Obed, was born. Boaz became the husband of Ruth. And the people said, the women said that you have become a nourisher and a restorer of your life. said to Naomi that the baby has become a nourisher and a restorer of thy life. When you look, Naomi's husband never came back. Naomi's two sons never came back. But the Bible says that that baby that was born, Boaz, was better to Naomi than seven sons. So you may be looking for the literal restoration, but God, when God says that you will recover all, or you will be restored, he's saying that you will be brought into a place where you will really be alright. You will really, really, really be alright, but you may not gain everything that you lost. But you will be healthy, you will be strong, you will be prosperous, But you may even go beyond What you lost Amen In the midst of adversity David assessed the situation Number one Number two David cried Number three David was distressed Number four David David encouraged himself in the Lord Number five David inquired of the Lord Number six David obeyed. Number three, number seven, David blessed. And I believe that if we would walk in these steps in the midst of trouble, God will bring you to a good place. I pray that this message will speak to you. And I pray that the Lord will strengthen you somehow. And you will learn the lessons of David. In Jesus' name, amen stand to your feet please David in the midst of trouble hallelujah every eye closed and every head bowed we have heard the word speak to the lord the bible says he that endureth to the end shall receive a crown it's endurance pray for endurance Pray for endurance for now. Pray for endurance for the future. The Lord, let me not be afraid of what you will bring my way. for whatever you will bring, help me to be strong. These days, sometimes I pray, I say, Lord, make me hard. Make me strong. Make me unmovable. You too can pray for that. The Lord, in the midst of adversity, help me to walk in all these steps. Help me to know how to encourage myself in the Lord. Help me to know how to be still and ask you about what you think. Oh, Jesus, my storehouse is empty. I don't know you. I don't spend time in your way. In fact, I don't get excited about knowing you. Please create in me a desire. Create in me a new heart that will want to do that. Talk to God. Yamiyansi me wo ebeba na abe shau umkrai. Upeso ubo mpa se ready. Mami sheding na nebe sibiano. Mami no nante na mimbra babya wo wuni mbeba. Pray to God, and He will hear you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Make us like David. Make us like David in this situation, O oh God. Give us the heart of David in this situation. Give us the spirit of David in this situation. Give us the attitude of David in this situation, oh God. Strengthening us, strengthening us. For you said that in the last days, difficult times shall come. I pray that we will endure the difficult times. I pray that we will overcome the difficult times. I pray that we will prevail over the difficult times in the name of Jesus. You are here this morning, you've come to church, but you're not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. You don't know whether you are born again or not. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make meaning out of my life. Fa- Pastor, I've been playing games with the Lord. I want to make a serious decision for Jesus this morning. You are here like that this morning you want me to pray with you I want you to lift up your hand wherever you are and I want to pray with you Jesus is calling I am coming Lord coming now to thee wash me cleanse me by the blood Float on Calvary. I hear Thy welcome voice. I hear Thy word that calls me, Lord, to Thee. That calls me Lord. for cleansing in Thy precious blood. For cleansing in Thy precious that flowed on Calvary. Oh God. to say this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, this morning, I come to you just as I am. I have sinned against you and I'm a sinner. Please wash me and cleanse me by the blood that flowed on Calvary and make me your own child. Thank you for sending Jesus for sending to die on the cross to, the to, save to save me from my sin. Thank you, Thank you. that because Jesus lives, that because Jesus I, also Jesus will live. I also will live. I give my life to you. I give my life. Take, it, Lord Jesus, Take it, Lord Jesus. And make whatever you want to make out of it. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for these that have come here this morning. I break every oppression and every stake that Satan has over every life represented here. I lose them and I let them go. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will establish them in their walk with you deliver them from evil deliver them from generational curses deliver them from loads that they bring for your word says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest give them rest like they've never known oh God and call forth every calling every purpose every gifting on their lives let them answer to whatever call you have on their life let the blood be a covering May they not backslide. May they not fall to the deception of the enemy. But may they be pillars in the kingdom of God. I give you thanks for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward-Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.